Hello and welcome to Draft Night Analysis. Your host today is Mitch and I, back for the 2021 Draft Analysis. Almost every year, we have given draft grades for every team as sort of an instant reaction to the NBA Draft. Giving draft grades on the day after the draft is it's a bit like giving grades after the first day of class. Would you agree? Yeah, Charlie, I would. You can have some general sense about how prospects will project in the NBA, and knowing the team that drafts them helps, but there is so much we don't know. Mm. This is especially true because free agency follows the draft. Free agency and trades can dramatically shift rosters and trajectories of teams in November, now that it's the 2020-21 NBA regular season. <laughs> I thought it was worth going back and giving those teams a grades. Even giving grades the year after the draft is potentially dangerous. Lottery prospects that have struggled in their rookie years, like RJ Barrett of the New York Knicks, DeAndre Hunter of the Atlanta Hawks, and Darius Garland of the Cleveland Cavaliers showed significant improvement in year two. You can't write off prospects after a rocky first year. Yeah, I totally agree with you. But it's also rare for young draft prospects to make a positive impact in year one despite the amount of playing time they get. This season, only three rookies who got regular minutes as rookies, Lamelo Ball, Therese Hilleberton, and Emmanuel Quickly, have posted a positive plus minus. It typically takes three full seasons to have a good handle on what a prospect will do in the NBA. Sometimes it may even take longer. Nevertheless, it's worth checking in on the draft class of 2020. Here are our old and new draft grades for every team in the Eastern Conference. Cut, cut. The first pick in the Eastern Conference was Lamelo Ball, who's in the Hornets at that moment. It was pick number three, and I, firstly, I gave him an A grade. I believe he's still delete deserves the A grade. But I did have plenty of concerns about Lamelo Ball. Like his jumper. Yeah, he couldn't really shoot well in the league or like before in high school. He didn't really have a like good form for a shot. Yeah, and his transition from Australia to the league, how like what would that be like? Would he be able to transition his skills from there to here? Would it still be the same or would it be different? And also I'm I was concerned of his minutes because of Hornets picking Gordon Hayward onto their team, who is an all-star, who is also very good. Would he like take up a lot of the minutes instead of the mellow ball? Yeah, after that, it did not take long to see why I ranked him number one. He's truly like an incredible point guard. Like his 6'8 is just tremendous at the game. And his ability to see the floor and pass was just incredible. Yeah, and his also, work ethic was, was like Kobe. Like, yeah, seriously. off the floor, this man was like on basketball all the time. And there was also something surprising that his weakness was his shooting and defense, but it wasn't even a problem. He's like 35.5% from three. That's actually decent for a person his size. Plus he had a positive plus minus on the defensive end. Yeah, if he continues improving this way, he is right now. He has a shot of being an all NBA first team and an MVP candidate. What do you think, Charlie? Yeah, clearly the Hornets got the best player in the draft, I believe. Yeah. The next pick was number four, and his name is Patrick Williams, and he was picked by the Chicago Bulls. Originally, I gave him a B plus for his grade. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Williams, he quickly rose the boards and came from unknown to known quickly. What do you think, Charlie? Yeah, it was clear that he had raised eyebrows among the NBA scouts, 
when strong signals started coming out of Chicago that were ta- that they were taking Williams, a player that had not even had that had not even as. Come on, bro. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Patrick Williams, a player that wasn't even a starter for Florida State at number four draft. I really liked Williams and had ranked him at number five in my pre-draft. I thought that Tyrese Hilliburton was an even better fit for Chicago though, giving a desire of management to get out of the lottery and into the playoffs. But overall, Patrick Williams, I'd say is a B plus. Yeah, he's remained as a B plus for us. The next was Isaac Okoro. He's a B minus originally, that's what I originally gave him, and he got picked by Cleveland at the number fifth pick. The C plus I had given him had reflected the number 11 on the draft. He was ranked that low because concerns like his ability on offense, it seemed the Cavs loved him for his defense though, athleticism and his reputation as a hard worker. Yeah, Isaac Okoro was a very good teammate to his team. His defensive abilities have allowed him to play second most minutes of any rookies in the draft and his athleticism and overall work ethic has shown in the game. Yeah. He has has been bad offensively, shooting 30% from three and averaging nine points per game, but that's as expected for a very good defensive player. Second to last in the entire rookie class of VORP, which isn't that good, and had but he had some strongs coming around during the later games of the season. For like for example, he hit a monster 32 points and six assists, outlining against Phoenix. Yeah, I believe if he continues to improve his jump shot, his grade will definitely end up better than the B minus. Yeah. And next, like the next pick we had, I predicted for number six pick, and he did get picked number six, and I believed he was a B minus, and that is Onyeya Okowangu, ranked on number six on my pre-draft as I previously said. And I gave him a B minus because the team was putting out signals of trying to make the playoffs and Okongu was a develop- developmental prospect. Yeah, Hawks should have picked Halliburton over Okongu in my opinion. Halliburton had the second best season of any rookie in the whole league. Yeah, Halliburton was very good because Halliburton was on the board and he looks to be a perfect backcourt mate to Trey Young, regarded as the biggest missed opportunity to me of the draft. Would you agree? Yeah, I would. I would, Charlie, bro. But um, also, Halliburton had the second best season of any rookie, while Okongu couldn't even crack the rotation. It would have made, made they would have been more dangerous if they had picked Halliburton, though. Though I believe that's not a knock on Okongu as a player, as he has shown real promise in limited minutes. Yeah, I, I would say that as well. But he may live up to being the sixth in the draft over the long term. And that's it for them. And next we got Denny Adiga. And he is playing on the Wizards and he was picked number nine, which I also predicted. And he's a C plus. The Wizards were another Hill Burton. They missed him, they should have taken him. At time, it was unclear what was happening with John Wall or Bradley Bill. Wall was eventually traded for Westbrook, which came he came over to the Wizards. And an injury, and instead of Hill Burton, the Wizards opted for Denny an international prodigy playing in Tel Aviv. Yeah, but with Denny Abdiga, an injury shortened his season prematurely. But what we saw, we should have given him a little ammunition detractor. His shooting was streaky as advertised and struggled to get going offensively, posting a 7.6 point per game, which isn't really that nice. 
but yeah. yeah. Even though that, I think the jury is still out. He's young and he obviously wants to improve. Passing on Hilberton and Devon Bessel does not look good right now, to be honest. And this concludes our podcast. Thank you for listening to the Draft Night Analysis. Make sure to come in for next time. Thank you.